Yo, 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 yo. What's good? Yeah. Oh, hey, everybody. How y'all doing, man? You know, we back. We had to get our setup done, but we got it. And so this is one quarter of your host for the show. This is CJ, and I am with. All right, your boy, Quinn. Yeah, we doing something a little different, but we'll we'll explain it to you like in a little while. So take it away. Oh, it's me, Terrence, a.k.a. Johnny. You know who it is. Fourth member D in the spot. Jesse! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) And so if you can't tell, it's a little different. We're all in our different homes chilling because of the current situation. So we thought we'll link up. It's been a while since we all connected. We want to keep pushing this content to you guys. And so this week is our wrestling podcast. Y'all liked our last one so much that we were like, okay, bet. Let's run it back. And you know I like talking about this type of stuff because there's been a bunch of stuff going on. Basically, you know, bull. But we're going to get into that. I'm going to turn it over. My boy D running point. He gonna tell us how to talk, what we doing, give us the agenda, and we're gonna do it like straight like that. Yes, sir. Let's go, team. Uh you know, we should start with the WrestleMania card, everything like that that went down there. Uh we've been a lot of space between the last time we talked. We got through uh the nonsense that happened with Wyatt losing the title, the Goldberg and that build, the switch to the Cena, uh with the Firefly Flood How matches. Uh AJ and Undertaker in their Boneyard match. We had all the women's titles defended, uh, both tag team titles defended, um, a few other things. Uh, I want to personally start with uh, what I consider right now the current best feud, best situation in WWE, which is all the nonsense with Otis Mandley, Ziggler, and Sona Deville. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> It's like, it's the strongest thing built-wise that WWE has going for it. It's uh, between the vignettes and everything that they did with the, the Valentine's Day fiasco and all the little stuff they did and Ziggler being able to take care of Tucker uh, twice, Otis getting the revenge. Well, let's cover the match, actually. So Otis and Ziggler, they had their match in, you know, quiet stadiums because of the current situation. Uh, Otis picked up the win with Mandy Rose's help. Uh, Sonya Deville couldn't interfere and stop anything, and, and Otis does get the girl. How do we feel about it? <laughs> Better than Bobby Lashley and like the whole Rusev Lana thing and, and Liv Morgan. Like they work. They, that one, this one, they handle better. You can tell someone was actually writing for this. I mean, you know, I like Otis. Anything Otis touches right now is gold. So, I mean, just because of the Hibbert situation, I like it. But I'm I'm kind of tired of these st- types of storylines. But I do agree with Quinn. It's done much better than the Rusev-Lashley. But all I can see at the end, it just feels like there's going to be another heel turn and Otis will be left behind again. So, I mean, it almost seems cliche. We've seen it before. It's been a while since we've seen one like this. But, I mean, I like Otis as a worker. I think him and Ziggler, you know, the match was – Good, but I hope we can get another one from him, like a better, long, drawn-out one. Because Ziggler oh, yeah. is – like, Ziggler and and you're saying anything Ziggler touches is gold, D? Everything Ziggler touches is gold, except yeah. Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got that King Midas touch. Don't work <laughs> on himself. 
<laughs> well, the truth of it is, I love it because, in my opinion, Otis is probably the most over person on the main roster right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Taki. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to throw out something real quick, like, for like for y'all. But here's the thing, you know, with him being up there, because, I mean, Tucker's already shown that he actually has the ability to be a re- – I mean, we saw Elimination Chamber. We saw how that went. Mm-hmm. What if with this whole popularity, you know, and this big push for Otis, where does that leave Tucker? Do you think they will split, like, split them up? Well, it is interesting because with the type of build and the push he's getting, and this is one of those mid-middle-of-the-pack pushes where it's organic and planned. So WWE's kind of behind it, actually. It's not like Rusev Day where they were like, oh, people like it. Let's kill it. Uh, they wanted this to happen. So it kind of depends because how far do you think the Otis train can go by itself? You know, maybe an intercontinental title reign or something like that. But I think it's best to keep Tucker in the fold and just allow this to be a tag team championship reign for him. Yeah, yeah. But here's the only issue is the way that they're running, and I guess this will go into one of the matches that we'll talk about later on the WrestleMania card, is the way they're running the SmackDown titles where they're not having actual tag matches. Yep, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that plays into the point about Otis is with if they're not going to be doing those type of matches, then I think they split them up. Because there's no need for them if they're not going to be doing those type of matches going forward for a while, right? Because if we don't know when they're going to be running full-on tag, especially the way they like to do the SmackDown titles, where it's usually a six-man or Mm -hmm. six-man type of tag situation because their division is a little bit stronger than Raw's. So that's why I think they'll probably split them up because – they don't have, unless they were going to move them to Raw, which is very much still a possibility given his popularity, it might be the right thing to do. I think they split them up. All right. I mean, well, we'll see. Definitely possible. Uh, speaking of tag teams, we'll go ahead and knock out those matches. Uh, Street Profits took on Angel Garza and uh, Austin Theory uh, with Selena Vega. Um, Street Flawfits won uh, with the introduction of one Bianca Belair into the fold. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. ST of WWE is now on Raw. So sexy. Sorry, wrong. My bad, (laughs) y'all. Hey, she goes here now. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she, like, I should have, like, because I called it when uh, she came back, that, like, how they made her look strong during the entirety of the Rumble. Like leading up to it, you knew they were they had something in mind for him. Plus, her and like uh, her and like you know her her man like they both are well liked people like in the company. Like they got a lot of talent. They definitely have a lot of premise to get pretty far. I mean, hey, both of them like they stand out. So uh, it was a smart move putting like putting her with like Street Profits to see you know what was gonna stick. So I feel like it's a win win at this point. It made me more invested in the street profits because yeah. as much as I'm rooting for them, I'm rooting for them. So far, their tag running just seeming a little lackluster. And it's because of the situation. But even, I don't know, there's something. And I really feel like if we're, I don't want to bring up the Raw yet because we should talk about WrestleMania. But the next night, you'll see. I think she's going to bring an element to them. Either she's going to bring the toughness out of them that they need because they do 
they are on the borderline of corny and goofy, but you no, know, that works for them. Well, but she she, like, she she has good mic skills though, and she she definitely is showing she's a good manager too. Yep, she's a decent performer, and I do think she helps them because to me, I enjoy the Street Profits, but they were like the next version of New Day when they first got here to me, and in, in that same vein of kind of goofy kind of comedy but you know they get the job done between the ropes but she adds a, a different element to for me that kind of differentiates them and see to me i think the street profits hurt her more than she helps them Ooh. Ooh. because i don't think it's on the borderline of corny i think the street profits are corny you don't like Montez. We've had this discussion well no it's like here's the thing <laughs> i like them i don't like that gimmick or I don't like the way that gimmick is portrayed on Raw, to be no, fair. I, I, I don't think that... Because could that gimmick work? Absolutely. The way it's portrayed and the way he's so super animated with that gimmick does not work for me at all. I think they're corny. And Period. I think... I mean, that's why I said I liked the next night on Raw when she came out and, you know, checked him out being goofy. That's why I think it would work. But, you know, we'll see. We will see. This this we won't count this as uh, CJ's unpopular opinion segment. Because <laughs> he had a few of them, so I don't think it's unpopular though about. That's why I'm not gonna count it. <laughs> well, I, but I, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna so, sort of side with him on this a little bit, and I'm gonna say, in a way, it it might potentially harm her mainly, but I feel like they're icing her a bit since there's nobody like since they don't know where to put her in her division. That's also fair because uh, her time is coming, but they still got some things to clean up. But we'll get to some of that stuff too. Yeah. Um, the other tag team match um, was a little different for a tag team title match. Uh, it was a triple threat match, but it was not a triple threat tag team match. <laughs> it was a ladder match between the tag team, one and a half of the tag team champions, uh, John Morrison, Johnny Drip Drip, a hey, hey, ho, ho. Um, the Uso, I want to say it was Jay. No, it was Jimmy. It was Jay. It was Jay. We're going to go with Jay. It, 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 technically, it was both of them. <laughs> it was both and neither. Uh, <laughs> and it was Kofi. And uh, Jomo retained uh, the tag team titles. Uh, interesting spot. All three men on the top rope or on top of the ladder trying to pull the titles down. They unclicked it. We're struggling with the titles. And Jomo fell off with both the titles, securing the victory. Well, to me, that was a match that, and I know we talked about it a little bit, that was a match that was great to watch in the NC Stadium, but mm -hmm. I felt like it would have really popped in front of a loud crowd because they put it all on the line. When you go back and watch it and look at some of the bumps those guys were taking, it was nuts. And I really, it was one of the first matches on the night where I was just like, okay, even though this is a different type of WrestleMania, I'm really liking this. Like, this is really a good match. So, shout out to them for all putting it on the line. The, is that I match of the night? That, uh, as far as pure match, to me, yes. I know we're going to get the other stuff later, but as far as pure match, the only thing that came close in my mind was maybe, and I know we'll get to it, is Kevin Owens and Seth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But as far as pure match, and I'm using those words <laughs> the way I use it for a reason. 
And, I, and I'll say, oh, go ahead. Foreshadowing. No, I'm just going to say, as far as match in the performance center, that was a pure match, yeah, in my opinion, yes. All right. I'm going to go out there and say, like, I really like how, because you can tell they were having a good time doing it. They were giving it all, and I liked how they were utilizing, you know, just being mic'd up and being able to, like, be vocal and, and talk and trash. Like, everybody know the moment I'm talking about. Like, yep. <laughs> I mean, he he went full animated. Like he he just he went crazy out there, and you could tell they had fun. Like just hearing like a, a we're gonna say one of the USO fusions, you know, <laughs> like just being being like you know on point. Because I think that's the thing. Everybody's like arguing that you know it takes out it takes away from like you know the excitement not having the arena feel. But no, you get some of these guys they legit know how to do the spectacle they know there's not a crowd there so we have to hype it up we have to we got like you know hot mics we might as well just use it mm-hmm. but for me uh, it was one of my top matches of uh the the two night wrestlemania i uh, i enjoyed it it suspended my belief for i forgot that there were no fans for most of the match uh just because it was such a, a fun ride um it was a very very strong match. Very strong match. Still weird for me, though, being a tag team title match and not being defended via tag team. But, you know, strange times, and it was interesting. It was a great match. I enjoyed it. Um, you move on to a match that I cared nothing about, uh, Baron Corbin and Elias. It happened. Oh. Uh, Roll-up win for Elias. Hooray. We'll get to that feud continuing, but it is what it is. Um... Real quick, without you know spoiling what we'll get to uh, with the follow up from this past week's SmackDown, Corbin really has been uh, stomping Elias out pretty pretty aggressively. Even though Elias did get the win, um, I think Elias needed the win more substantially because I don't really remember the last time Elias has done anything of any true meaning. Uh, but here we are. He's a good heel though, but I just feel like the right now it would be good to just kind of let him cool down. You know, because there's not an audience for him to play off of. Yeah. Like, he's just doing character work. And his gimmick, you know, works with an audience. It doesn't so much just kind of having little splurts here and there. Because it gets old after a while. Well, if he wasn't getting his ass beat every time I saw him, this is actually the perfect time to get him over as a wrestler, since there is no crown, personally. I mean, this will be a time to show that, you know, maybe he has the ruthless aggression or something, you know, that he could actually compete with these other wrestlers. Because, like you said, he is all character work. And I'll kind of, like, I was kind of excited to see him because I'm not going to lie, with all the crowds not being there, I'm actually excited to see certain wrestlers see what they do because they're giving wrestlers time now. So you, we can see, you know, how they are in the ring. And all I've seen of lives is mostly still getting his ass whooped. The entire, even when he won, he's getting his ass beat a lot. Oh, I don't got nothing to say about this. I, I, I legit don't care. Yep, so, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll continue moving past it. Um, go ahead and cover the Randy Orton versus Edge match. Uh, last man standing. The longest match of the two-day uh, WrestleMania. I got older I think it went like 27 minutes. I'll keep my response to that short. Too long. Yeah. Yeah. Too long. Because we too were watching, long. like, cause we were all watching, and everybody watching with us, it was just, oh, it, 
it's, I can tell they wanted to do something. They wanted to do a really good one since it was an Iron Man one. But yep. nah, y'all ain't. Yeah, no, y'all y'all couldn't have pulled it off. I made three uh, drinks during that whole match. I made three drinks. I will say that match particularly, though, if there was a crowd, I think we wouldn't have noticed how long it was. And that's what, and that's gonna be yeah. my point. To be fair, last man standing matches are typically long, like so. I think the situation made that match feel longer. They should have just, if they would have cut about, in my opinion, about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Match, I think we would have had a perfectly suitable, fine match. I agree, it was too long given the situation, but that's another match where I think if it was in a crowd. It would have that length wouldn't have been as problematic as it was, and yeah. So I think it was too long, but I don't think it was bad. And this is not taking. This is not taking anything from the talented wrestlers that were in that match. Oh no, they killed it at all. Like, yeah, they like y'all, y'all did your thing. It just forever. <laughs> it was just, it was just like it was just a tour of the performance center and Edge's truck. Nice that's what they, they, yeah, that's where they ended up. I felt like they were just like, all right, so how are we end this match? Look, I can back my truck up. I can slam you on it. You know, we can do – that'll be the finish right there. But, yeah, it just – it personally to me didn't have, like, all the essential beats. It's like start in the ring, out the ring, round the ring, like round the little makeshift arena, through the back, farther into the back, into the weight room, into the office – and out to the parking Well, it is a Randy Orton match. So, I mean, I don't know why we're surprised that it wasn't as good as it could be. Like, come on. Let's be realistic here for a second. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Oh, another match. Uh, we had Bobby Lashley versus Aleister Black. Um, I, f- I think the right guy went over with Aleister Black winning. Uh, I think they did keep Bobby Lackey, Bobby Lashley looking pretty strong as he did dominate all of that match for the most part. Uh, the finish is uh, he was going to – he set up Alistair for the dominator. Lana got on the apron, yelled at Bobby to give him the spear instead. Bobby gave her a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge and set up for the spear. And as he ran in, he got black masks to the finish. Yeah, I actually like that match. It was a decent match. Uh, I will say, you know, subsequently on the following Raw, uh, Bobby Lashley's not too happy <laughs> about it. <laughs> and all that nonsense seems to be coming to an end in time. But I preferred this match more than I expected to, honestly. Um, it didn't matter to me at all. And I think that both men should have had matches where they got over because I don't think Bobby Lashley has done enough, even with the Rusev thing, to merit the caliber that he is and taking a loss right now is kind of touch and go with him because they're not doing much uh Alistair definitely needed to win though because they are pushing him so I get it but I just feel it, they should have been kept apart f- for now yeah. it was a great raw match like that's the way I feel about it it was a great match that could have been on raw um I like Allison Black. I think in a perfect world, he would be a champion by the time we roll into WrestleMania next year, or he at least would have held the belt. Um, I think they're going to have Bobby as probably a mid-card contender, right? He's probably going to challenge for the IC and U.S. title. 
That's and I'm not saying that's is his ceiling. I just think that's what WWE thinks his ceiling is. Because to be fair, even with all that Rusev stuff, they booked him strong through it. Like yep. he beat Rusev at every single turn, um, which rarely happens for a heel. And he beat him clean too. Every so, time. so I think it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Like you said, I think it kept Bobby strong. And I think it kept Alistair pushing towards something. What? I don't know. Because they seem to not have a direction with either one of them. Right? Yeah. So it wasn't like Alistair win propelled him to something. It was just another win. Um, I don't – he needs a proper feud. And I, I'm kind of getting tired of him just being the guy that beats jobbers. So, um, that's kind of how I felt about the match. And then – Hopefully they get his career right because if not, he's just gonna be the guy that does the black mask on jobbers, and I'm like, I'm cool on that. Indeed. Yeah, because yeah, I honestly feel like yeah, with Lashley, I'm afraid they might just default back to all right. Well, we got a big dude with a title. What do we do? Since we couldn't throw him at Brock, we'll throw him at Drew, and then you know he'll become a footnote, falling into doing mid card for a while, and then that's it. So he's going to be Samoa Joe. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because, like, I will say this, Lashley, like, I mean, he's he's grown to me a lot with how, like, he's been able to actually become a character now, you know, to match, like, his uh, personality in the ring. So it just would suck to see him kind of get knocked back down again. Because, yeah, like, you could tell they're going to end the whole him a lot, I think. Finding a good way to get him out of it. All right, are we still there? I'm still here. Are you just still make, there? Like, just making sure we ain't having any technical difficulties. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um. Next, uh, before we get to, you know, the rest of the title match, a banger to me. Uh, to me, this was my male pure wrestling match of both nights. Uh, Seth Rollins went out there, gave a great match to me. Didn't notice there was no fans through the majority of it. Uh, Kevin Owens had a wonderful elbow off, uh, like, part of the, the opposite side Titantron because the performance center is much smaller. So he got out there quick though. They had to use some cuts. They had to use some creative editing. For yeah, that. yeah. He, he climbed that thing like he had all kinds of crazy abilities to climb. Uh, he Kevin Owens is parkour on uh Spider <laughs> days off. <laughs> uh, but it was a great match. Kevin Owens got the win, um, which I think he absolutely needed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was my match of the, the two nights. When it comes to Male matches, actual pure wrestling matches. This was it for me. Yeah, he had his WrestleMania moment, and it was good. I'm glad they did the restart of the match because I was really about to be like, for real? For real? Come on, guys. Like That saved that match. I think it was a perfect touch on that because if he would have won just off of disqualification, you would. I didn't want to see this um, feud continue because it was time to wrap it up, and I think that was perfect how they did it, and by giving Kevin Owens his moment. And you don't hurt self with this. Well, I mean, that's I think that's part of my issue with it. Well, I think the match itself is great, 
I don't see any reward that Kevin got for winning, and I don't see any punishment Seth got for losing. Right? We'll, we'll get there, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, when you look at it, while I think the match was great, and it's hard for me to review these matches without thinking about the stuff that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, the match itself was great. Don't get me wrong. Great. Um, it's just that the stuff that happened afterward kind of made that match mute to where, okay, Kevin Owens won, so what? And Seth Rollins lost, so what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the thing. Yeah, we'll touch on that stuff too. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get to the – the rest of the matches are, with the exception of two, um, are title matches. Uh, we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating Asuka and Kari Zayn for the – tag team women's titles uh that was the first overall match outside of a pre-show match for wrestlemania week weekend and uh it was a good match but uh, you definitely felt the crowd not being there in it um i don't love i would have preferred the kabuki warriors to retain their titles i love oscar well yeah they've been doing good they've been doing real good right now oscar is the mvp of no fans in stadiums when it comes to WWE wrestling. She has been phenomenal through all this. And I yeah. hope they keep her momentum strong as best they can. Yeah, somebody Quinn just said they've been phenomenal. No, Asuka has been phenomenal. She has been running it. And I like this match. I you know, of course, I want to see gold always on Oscar, but I understand why they had to put the belts on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Like they feel that they've done nothing with the women's tag team, um, you know, tag team group, and so I think you needed something to try to bring some interest or at least show that the, the titles can change. But like anything, I was really just watching Matt for Oscar because she's just really killing this before and after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, this is her time. It's good to see them taking a chance with her. And her and Cardi really work together well. But it just it sucks to see the title go, you know, get passed on. And more than likely, you know, who else are, who else are, uh, like, uh, Bliss and Cross going to go against? Who, who are they going to have some sort of rivalry with? Well, their next opponents are going to be Dana Brooke and Carmella. Yay. Yeah, super pumped. But, still, but at least they were doing something with it. I mean, when the Kabuki Warriors had the belts, they were still in single matches, which is dope. You still build them as strong, but it was almost there was no focus on that division with the tag team. So maybe, I mean, it's the WWE, so we're not going to get a lot of hope. But maybe, hopefully, they'll put some tag teams together or, you know, while we have this season out right now, they can, you know, begin to focus on that division. That's why I am okay with the, the change. Now, you know, also – it's what rumor that Kari might leave. I understand why they had to make this change happen. Yeah, no, I do feel that too. Um, so Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan had a Intercontinental title match. Uh, Sami Zayn being the champion went in and retained his title. I'm pretty surprised, uh, but I'm very happy about it because he deserves something for all the nothing that they've given him since he's been on the main roster. Well, he's made a good transition, which is good for them to actually, you know, actively want to pursue allowing him to have more, like, a, more screen time. 
You know, because he's, he's got good mic skills, and they put him in the manager position, and he's worked that well. He's done the announcer thing, and now he's back in the ring again. So I feel like, yeah, no, he's getting he's getting his, and it's going to be a good – he's going to ease into, like, feuds pretty well. And who better to have it with than, like, you know, Daniel Bryan? I agree. I agree. Daniel Bryan did dominate that match. Um but he got caught coming off the top rope with a hell of a kick. And that that was all she wrote on that one. Little yeah, but I think Daniel Bryan is good for putting people over because he seems to understand that this needs to happen. So that's why I think Daniel Bryan was probably more influential in the behind the scenes things than you probably know about. Oh, absolutely. So I'm okay with Cesaro. I mean, not Cesaro, Sammy winning because I like Sammy. The thing I want now, though, is, okay, you got the belt on someone. Let's treat it with some respect. Like, okay, that's Mm -hmm. one of the more prestigious belts in your whole company's history. So what are you going to do with it? Right? They got got to Daniel Bryan, so now I want to see where they go with it. But another good match. Like, overall, yeah, definitely a good match. I was definitely okay with it. Yeah. I'm going to advocate real quick. Stop gooning. Two really talented guys, though. Like Cesaro and Nakamura, they they're good. It's just Nama. it sucks. It sucks to see them not have anything to do other than just be goons. Not even that great of goons either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite female match of the night, uh, Charlotte and the NXT Women's Champion at the time, Rhea Ripley. Uh, they had a banger. They had just a good classic bout that Charlotte did win that I don't love. I get, but I don't love it. But it was a good match. Uh, Charlotte focused the leg and knee the entire match. Ripley just underneath for most of it. Uh, when Charlotte got the figure four into the figure eight, though, it was all she wrote. Uh, quite possibly one of the most protected submission finishers in WWE is the figure eight. Um, they allow people to get out of the figure four from Charlotte, but I don't think too many people get out of the figure eight when she does the bridge on it. Uh, but this was my female match of uh, the, the weekend. And I liked it. I think it was good. I understand why Charlotte went over, particularly when you think about the fact that Rhea, Rhea had to go back home and you mm-hmm. don't know when she's going to be able to return. And for that women's division in NXT, which is probably, for my money, the strongest title division in all of WWE, to have someone like Charlotte who put on match after good match after good match only helps that. And let's be, and let's be honest here. Charlotte was never going to be without something to do for long. So... It kind of makes sense. I think you still protect Rhea, so that way when she comes back, uh, which is hopefully soon, you still have the potential for another match there. So I liked it. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. It honestly, I didn't expect for her to drop the belt though. But you know, it like yeah, and like CJ said, it does give us some time to do some personal stuff, but. But yeah, I really, really wanted to see Real Ripley like take it to the next level. And I mean, that's still time. But for now, 
Charlotte's kind of playing the uh, Finn Balor like route where they're throwing her into the mix with NXT. And it looks like they might be building up to the uh, four horse women like coming back. Slowly but surely. I can see that. I did like uh, Ripley's get up because you know it was an old uh, Vegeta, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did like that. I can't even front. It was a damn good match. The women always go hard. Uh, Bailey retained her SmackDown women's title in a five-way elimination match. Uh, her, Tamina, Naomi, Dana Brooke, somebody else, <laughs> Sasha. Sasha. Tamina, Tamina looked good in that match. Tamina actually has started to improve a lot. Is this the resurgence of Tamina? Because uh, yeah. she's, she's, I mean, for Tamina, she's, she is doing pretty okay right now. Resurgence or final or finally getting off. Let's be honest. Look, Tamina is one of the strangest women wrestlers to me that I've ever seen because I can at this point recall like two matches she's won the whole time I've ever seen her career. But she's always been built as if she was dangerous. I feel like I feel like she she's a better Nia than Nia is at this point. Like she's what they wanted to do with Nia Jax. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Quinn's unpopular opinions. Yeah. <laughs> oh I don't no, know no, about no, that one. no, no, because I'm because real talk. She's the stronger one out of like the two when they were tag team. Nia has still not improved. Nia may be back, but I don't I don't see it going long term. I feel like this. This was like the first time, like you said, in these last couple of matches, this is the best Tamina's ever looked. I've seen Nia look better than that more than one time. I'm not saying Nia's great. So just to see Tamina, it's like, oh, shoot. And I don't want to talk trash, but in what, 10 years here? 10, which you don't even realize she's been there 10 years. This yeah. is the best match that I've gotten from you? Yeah, and the question will stand. Is that a her issue or is that a WWE that's, issue? That's why I won't talk trash about it. Just I got, That's just a WWE issue. Let's be clear. Yeah. That's a WWE issue. And then I'm pushed back. I might have to have my boy Quinn here. While Nia is fine, yeah. That's, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and no, I don't mean like by her looks. I mean, I meant, well, she is a beautiful woman, but I meant more like she's a fine pro wrestler or whatever. She's okay. She botches a lot of stuff. I think Tamina, if done right, will be what they think Naya could have been because Naya never fulfilled her potential. That's it. And whether yeah. that's WWE fault or her fault, that's I'm totally fine if you want to say that's WWE's fault. But I think Tamina can be what Naya never was. A, because Tamina just first off is a better wrestler in the ring. Like, it's just Hold on. Hold on. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. We're saying that Tamina can be what Nia Jax wasn't, but wasn't Tamina here first not doing what Tamina is trying to do now? What Nia Jax didn't do? Yeah, but you you got to look at it like this. Tamina, they didn't give her much to do. You know, Nia, like Nia from from the start had someone advocating for her to get over. You know, her cousin was a big influence on her getting over because they were going to cut her at one point D. if he hadn't interviewed, uh, intervened. Hold up. Hold we're, up, we're, we're, we're split here. <laughs> she is, that is Jimmy Superfly Snooker's daughter. So don't say she didn't have a back end all. Let's just be honest about that. But she managed to work up there because they had to pair those two together 
all for a reason because Nia could not carry it solo by herself for that long. Okay. I'll give it to Mina. I'll give it to Mina. It's faster than Nia, but no, I do not think Tamina's a better wrestler than Nia. Okay, so Tamina's coming back for this particular run is the best we've seen of Tamina in the ten years we've seen Tamina. But I'm trying to recall what's the best you've seen of Nia Jax, though. Let's yeah, like it hasn't been that great, but up, the best bro. I've seen of Nia Jax is still better than the best Tamina I've seen. You see, not to me the. Best night I ever saw was when she was getting bullied. And, bro, that was because of the storyline, fam. That was not because of her. The best thing that she ever did was a botch when she broke Becky Lynch's nose. Yeah, that and they put Becky over. <laughs> okay, and I'm her waiting on your... Her better than Tamina's career. And, and, and what's, what's your Tamina highlights? What's the Tamina highlights? I'll well, wait. that's fine. I'd rather have no... Coming out of the dinner ...highlight be a botch. I'd rather do that. I promise you that. Wow. Yeah, and come on, and come on, and come on. There have been plenty of wrestlers that have had similar things. Look at Drew McIntyre, who is currently the champion, had to go through terrible matches. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Are we comparing Drew McIntyre to Shut Tamina? up, no, I'm using that as an you know example. We got to keep this show rolling. We will get back to this at another time. <laughs> Let me open this. Let me open this beer. God damn it. We will get back to this at another time. <laughs> but speaking of people who can't wrestle, we're going to move on to Goldberg. <laughs> oh. Speaking of which, I got to go get something to drink. <laughs> Like we're gonna move on to Goldberg and his championship defense or his championship title match against one Braun Strowman that he lost. This match was two moves. Two. I mean, I think it would have been the same if Roman was in there. I think it just would have went over better because of Roman's personality and his in-ring. There would have been of- three moves if it was Roman, because he would have had to take Superman punches and spears. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think <laughs> so I think it's still been two. It only still been two moves. I mean, the spear from both guys is still uh, Yeah, that's move. fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, Roman might have kicked him, though. Like, there wasn't even a kick in this match. It was spear, followed by spear, followed by spear, followed by spear, followed by power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam. Braun Strowman but, is your champion. I don't know. I mean, that's the most unsurprising match of the night, even though it, it was bad. And also, because... I didn't hate it for what it was. The right person went over, and I knew exactly what I was going to get from it, so... Because you knew the minute Goldberg was wrestling that this match wasn't going to go longer than five minutes. Yep. Like, it, there was no way he can't last that long. Like, even in his peak, Goldberg matches weren't longer than, like, ten minutes. No, so, they were not. So, we knew that we were going to get a short match. I think that was a match that was bad. I don't think – I think that's a match that doesn't even play in the crowd, partly because I think they've treated Braun Strowman – kind of like an unimportant person. Uh, and his title run, to me, is going to be unimpressive. Yeah, because so, yeah, that's the problem. They keep putting, like, belts on Braun, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, like they giving him this belt, and then it's just going to be, a, all right, so who's next to get this belt from? Because he, he won't have it that long. Yeah, Braun Strowman's championship history seems like it's transitional champion material. Yeah. Uh, but that we'll see with the next build, but we'll get back to that. Um, that and just our, makes him the new big show. Oh. Always the big show. show. Transitional champions can still work. They just yes. don't they just don't do him right. They treat him like a non factor, right? Like yeah. the fact so I'm yeah. not until they book him right, 
I'm not even going to think about it. Like, because it's the most unimportant thing I can think of because they don't treat him. And there's no knock against Braun. This is all WWE. They they don't know what – it's like they don't know whether or not they want to invest in him. So until they figure it out, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I because when he won, when he won, I was legitimately happy. I went, yay! And then not even two minutes later, okay. Yep. We're, and I yeah. just, like I said, I'm happy for him. I wanted him to win. And I was like, yes, finally. And then I'm like, okay. Like you said, because of history of how they booked him, how they treated him. So we'll see. We'll yep. definitely see. Because we're going to talk – this is coming up later. I know it is. Yeah. And then the same situation for the Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre match. The the right guy went over. There was like three, four moves in the total match. Uh, German suplexes, F5s, Claymore kicks. And that's the thing was it was the same thing we already saw, yep. you know? Same match, two different titles. Both part-timers are not champion. I'm happy for that. So we can kind of begin an era of our champions actually being on TV and defending yeah. their titles. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I, I do think the Brock Lesnar-Drew match suffered a little more from no crowds because that was Drew's moment. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I still, you know, I'm happy with the outcome of that too. I feel like we almost knew the outcome. A part of me did want to see them not be, you know, maybe hold off on the title change and give Drew his moment later. But I knew if you did that, you risk hurting another wrestler, which WWE is known to do. Yeah, and he and he's been he's been working his way through, like you know, having to deal with the ups and downs. So yeah, it was his time. But it, yeah, I'm right there with you. I kind of wish he would have gotten a little bit more than you know a room full of nothing. Yeah, that's true. Well, here's the thing. I think that match, while it went like the Goldberg Braun match, would have played better in a live crowd. Yeah, it that's what I'm saying. When he kicked out of one on the F5, I think the pop that he would have got would have been crazy. Yep. I mean, you knew Brock wasn't going to go long either, so you knew it was going to be a shorter match. Um, and to everybody's head, I think while they don't treat – while they treat Braun like crap, they haven't done that with Drew. No, they haven't. So I, I think this win – means more long-term than Braun does. So that's why I was a little bit more like, okay, cool, I'm good with it because I know they're going to at least, even if he is a transitional champion, they're going to book him in a way that it'll be entertaining. They they weren't going to do that with Braun, so I'm cool with it. And then, you know, we're going to go ahead and, and move right along to a stellar performance our piece that WWE put on, known as the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. Now, this was cinematic brilliance. I was deeply, <laughs> deeply, deeply wanting this match to not exist. Can I say something real quick? Can I say Absolutely. something real quick? Y'all can thank Matt Hardy for that. Because yep. the same yep. person that did the final deletion did like the work on that one. So, yeah, he gave us a parting gift. (laughs) Undertaker and AJ Files fought outside of this, like, building in, like, a field. There was a hole in the ground where they were going to try to bury one another. Uh, AJ seemed to have things wrapped up and put Undertaker in it before the dead man grew his magical powers back and started having fire and teleportations and put him away, buried him. Even had AJ's hand sticking out of the ground with with the glove on at the end as Undertaker rode off into the 
into the darkness to hopefully never wrestle another match again. Well, the cool, <laughs> well, the cool thing is he was able to do, because uh, he did an interview, he was able to do, explain the, like, what was happening. It was the uh, holy, it was the uh, trinity, you know, each version of his character throughout his career, including himself. So, and this is, oh, no. I was gonna say this was the opposite of like the rest of the matches where I thought, where I thought the rest of the matches would have done better in front of a live crowd, even if they were good. This is the match where I thought would have been worse in the ring. So yeah. I, I think the boneyard was the perfect thing for it, and it just goes to prove when WWE's back is against the wall. That's when they do some of their best stuff. Yep. And I like that it leans into the craziness of it, right? Because I think that's the only way it succeeds is when you're like, you know what? This is crazy. Wrestling by nature, professional wrestling is crazy. So let's just lean into it. Let's have Druids come out of nowhere. Let's, <laughs> let's do it all. Throw it in against the wall. Just make a good B minus C plus movie and have some fun. And it succeeded all my expectations. You know I loved it. Yeah. So it was my it was my thing of the whole weekend. Period. Like best thing of the whole weekend to me. Sci-Fi Channel original stars The Undertaker, The Boneyard. Oh, uh, now my weekend moment was the Funhouse, the Firefly <laughs> Funhouse match between one Bray Wyatt and John Cena. I don't actually think you could say this was Bray Wyatt or the, the Fiend versus John Cena. This was at best Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. If it wasn't John Cena versus John Cena. That was some deep personal cuts in that, like in that one yeah. too. Yeah, this was a, an interesting rabbit hole. Uh, John Cena went to the Firefly Fun House and followed Wyatt through the door that says uh, the you who enters shall not return or, or you weary exit here or whatever cryptic, horrible thing that that door says, Cena went into the fun, magical world of, I guess, John Cena's mind, where Bray just took him down the rabbit hole of his career, had great puns, great stabs at it. Uh, Wyatt won, I guess. He counted his own pin, but WWE counts it as a YW, so I'm counting it as a YW. I was thoroughly entertained. All right. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it, like, for the most part. I really liked the psycholo- like the psychology of it, too, because there was a lot of personal things in there, like, about Cena. And you can tell, like, they really had to sit down and be like, how are we going to make this work? But I'll, I'll say it was good, and you got to see more of Cena actually doing something. I mean, I would have preferred them to actually, you know, lock up, but the way they did this, you know, yeah, that was actually good. I can't be the only one because I saw T sitting over there like he, oh, you know, he I, jump on it. No, I mean, I, you know. I you felt bad that I kept calling it Boneyard Part 2. Because <laughs> you know I'm biased. And I, honestly, I understand people say it wasn't a match, so you would say Boneyard. The Boneyard was a better match, but I loved this. I loved every Easter egg that was in it. I loved it. Just seeing Cena, my favorite part is seeing Cena come out in the NWO music as Hollywood Cena. Like, it, just everything, the story that it told was, like, it was great. It was damn good. Now, I do wish there was a ref or something at the end to count that, or just 
somehow we got to get a clear picture of a three count. But, oh, well, it did what it did for me. I'm cool with it. I am very – you know, for what we were getting from WrestleMania anyway, did you really want – you no, know, CJ is going to bring this up more than likely, but did you want a match from these two without a crowd in there where, you know, you could see the limitations? This was done executed perfectly. Uh, I don't know about perfectly, but it was good. It was a great promo, right? It was a great promo. I'm still waiting on the match. Um, I give props to John Cena for being that self-aware. And A, being that self-aware, and B, being willing to share that, right? Because to everybody's point, a lot of stuff on there was personal. Like even when Homeboy was singing Very the song. Good. Singing um, one of the Bella Twins theme songs and stuff like that. You can't touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's a level of self-awareness. Um, I am interested for the first time, I think, in a long time. I don't know when he's coming back, but I'll be interested in John Cena upon his return. When the next Fast and Furious movie drops. Oh, so next year. <laughs> so, so it'll be interesting to see what he does because – They've set him up to where I'm interested in his character now to see where he goes because everybody's changed by the theme, um, which is kind of why you couldn't have, I guess, the theme go over Roman because Roman's been Roman forever. So, yeah, I, I like I like the promo. The character work, you know what I think of Bray. Bray's character work is the best in the business for me outside of Chris Jericho's. So it was great. Um I would have liked to see a match, but then again, both of those people are not necessarily the best in-ring performers. So, but we, okay. did get, but we did get throwback Bray though. We we got to see him in his old ring gear again. Yeah, that was it. It was so nice full of callbacks all around. Yeah, it was great promo. May I be the one to suggest maybe we might see Cena sooner than later? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. saying with with everything going on, you know. They need to be still going. So, hey, oh, and Foley, Foley got on Twitter after the uh, Boneyard match and was like, "Yeah, he wanted he he wants to do something like similar." Can so, mankind, no, get a mankind no. boiler room brawl one more time. No. Hey, faces no. a Foley. I mean, he was the only person to have ever entered the Rumble as different people. Hey, three different people. <laughs> like his uh, his so career. <laughs> <laughs> the final match of, well, the technical final match uh, uh, of WrestleMania is Shayna Baszler versus the man Becky Lynch. Mm. Um, not going to lie, uh, I didn't like anything, anything about this for the most part. Um, I think the wrong person won. Uh, I think the wrong person won in a way that I don't love. Um, and I... Uh, I wasn't a fan. I'm also, uh, unpopular opinion, not only over the man Becky Lynch, but I have been over the man Becky Lynch since right around after I became famous for breaking her nose. I was kind of, that was probably the coolest part about it. And then after that, I've been done since. Um, I think her title reigns, it's good for it to be long because I think WWE needs to get back into champions defending their titles and retaining their titles for a long period of time makes your champions and your championships look better. There's a stronger moment when they actually lose. But uh, I think with the build they gave Shayna to lose with a roll-up and that the 
only other time I've seen Shayna Blazer lose by pinfall. She lost the exact same way in NXT. Um, it was just it didn't do it for me. Yeah, it didn't tick any of my boxes. Yeah, I agree. They make it seem like it's a weak, like her one true weakness is she can't avoid getting like a getting pin, like getting roll ups, like hit on her. You know, and it's just like okay, you don't build someone like that as being ridiculously like strong, and then just kind of flatten like their entire momentum by having them get beaten in the simplest way multiple times. Like I feel like with Baszler. You know, she has the potential to grow as a, like, you know, as a wrestler, but they're just not trying. I mean, Elimination Chamber was proof of that. Like, they literally just let her stand there and squash every single one of them and did nothing with her from that point on, like, in the match with Becky Lynch. Yes, the wrong person went over, but I'm starting to think they're, this is one of their idiotic ways of building to the Four Horsemen thing because... Not only here's something to think about. Becky kind of pinned Ronda the exact same way. So both these killers, you know, beating down, beat her, beat her down, but she wins with roll up. So I guess they're making Becky have to outsmart them. But I feel like that's gonna have to come to an end soon because it is getting boring. And when you got these legitimate, like Shayna's, like you said, legitimate. She should win over the way they booked her. She looks legitimate. But I do think they're trying to kind of build a story with that. Because, like I said, she beat, she beat both Ronda and Shayna in, like, pins out of nowhere. The only saving grace I have for this is if Ronda's coming back. If Ronda's coming back, I understand why you keep the belt on Becky because that's just the bigger match. This is just... And you probably want Ronda to be your part-time women's champion because she's probably not going to come back full-time. So that's just the bigger match. I see why you do it. If Ronda's not coming back, this is one of the worst booking decisions they've made because um, while I'm more of a fan of Becky than, let's say, Steve, I I still thought she should have been lost the title. Um, she should have lost the title a couple months to Oscar to me. But if you're mm-hmm. gonna, yeah. if you're gonna have her drop the belt to Shayna, WrestleMania is the perfect place to do it. And she's one of the few people that was left that you thought in belief that was believable enough to beat her. Now the issue becomes there's nobody in that division because I don't think you're gonna build Bianca up like that, um, just that quick. So there's nobody left where I think it makes sense for her to lose to. Um, so that's the thing. Unless you're going to do the thing where you have her lose in a rematch, which I, I guess it could happen. Um, but if Ronda's not coming back, you know, it's a bad decision because you make her look weak. The good thing about WWE, though, is it's the curse and the blessing in disguise is that they're so focused on short-term, short-term booking they can rectify this in one match. Like, if they really wanted to, they can make it be fine. So I'm not going to go on it too hard just because I think if they want to correct course, they can. But overall, I seem to agree with y'all that it was kind of a bad booking decision. Indeed. Indeed. And there has been Ronda Rousey signings immediately after WrestleMania. Uh, she was talking uh, big trash about uh, wrestling as, as a whole. Uh, so maybe she will be back. 
I feel like she, like, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, no, she's being real. It's like, no, no, it's all Rhonda building up this character of being, like, you know, there's no nonsense, like, like, heel, who is all about, like, you know, shooting on, like, the, like, on the business. And so I feel like she's going to come back. They've already talked to her about that, you know, like, she's guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a work shoot. I do think it's a work shoot. Because yeah. at first I when I read it, I was like, okay, maybe she's not. But then the more I thought about it, and even WWE is already like, you know, some of the wrestlers responded. But the day that Nia Jax responded, the very next day, WWE posted the full match of Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. So yep. I was like, yeah, this is what she has heat now. So when she comes back, she could be the biggest heel out there. Yep. And honestly, when she beats Becky, when she comes back, yeah. And that'll be interesting, too. Um, and that was, you know, WrestleMania weekend. Oh, but here's right, the Joe. thing about Ronda, though. I don't think – I agree with y'all. I think it was a work shoot because I think she was being honest. I think that's her honest personality. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, how she feels. Uh, yeah, I think the other part of it is she had no choice but to come back a hill. Like, yep. the, fan, the fans weren't behind her like that. The interesting part, the T point, is – would be when she beats Becky because I think people are tired of Becky with the belt. So it'll be interesting to see the crowd reaction when Ronda, if Ronda goes over Becky, because I think that could be the one thing that could turn her back face because outside of that, she has no shot. So I think she had to come back kill because there was no way they could bring her back as a face. No way. There's not a face face with more heat than her anyway in that whole women's division so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. and you know after wrestlemania we're still pushing towards money in the bank um wwe has been found an essential business in florida um so they can go ahead and keep taping shows um i'm gonna roll my eyes on that one so yeah uh <laughs> that, that worked out um wwe has been in the news pretty pretty aggressive lately through their build to uh money in the bank because, uh, you know, they're a social business, so they get to continue performing and trying to make money. Uh, they came out and told everybody that they have, you know, $500 million in physical assets uh, just in case something like this were to happen. And then they still proceeded to fire 30-some-odd people. A lot of wrestlers <sighs> gone. Eric Rowan's yeah. gone. Heath Slater's gone. No Way Jose. The Club. Drake Maverick. Like, you know, just to name a few. Uh, no Rusev. It's, it's the the Rusev saga is finally over. Um, it's it was just wild because they kind of came out and told everybody that they don't need to do anything because they have a bunch of money and then proceeded to, to do something aggressive. Well, because well, because also too, like uh, the XFL went belly up because of like you know like the current situation right now. So and and McMahon was like, no, it's not that. And hell, he just recently got appointed as an advisor for our president of the United States about, you know, reopening things. So, yeah, it is a hot mess right now. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, I think it's just, it's bad timing uh, because of everything that's going on. Because for the most part, if I'm being completely honest for just one second, had these cuts taken place any other year, we wouldn't be as torn up about it as we are because 
a lot of those wrestlers they weren't necessarily utilizing where they are being shitty is because of everything that's going on and how hard it's going to be for those wrestlers to even find other gigs because there's no there's only two companies running shows right now yep. and so they're not going to be all the indie scene is going to be dried up because there's going to be no shows. So you could have kept them on when you didn't need to, right? Like, I mean, because you didn't need to keep them on, but it would have just been the right thing to do as far as a moral thing. Because especially in the case of like No Way Jose, who had just worked for you, right? Yeah. He just took that risk of coming to the performance center putting on a match for you. Sarah Logan just did the same thing. Yeah, All like, of that for you and for you to let them go given the current climate to me is shit. Yeah. Right. Well, also, and, and, you know, for me, with WWE for the past two, three years, just buying up talent, putting them on long, overly priced uh, contracts just so they can't go anywhere or do anything else, refusing to let people who they don't use who want to just have a career go somewhere else. And then in the worst possible time when it comes to being able to find another job, just be like, bye. Yeah, because uh, it's the thing, you know, it's not unlike them to do this spring cleaning thing because they do a lot of releases around this time. Mm -hmm. But this is by far like the worst. And, and it blinds out a lot of people because they let go a bunch of people that have been with the company. Angle. Uh, like Norman Smiley, who was a trainer, like at the Performance Center, like yeah. they at Hurricane Helms. Yeah, a lot of folks who have been like Fit Fenley, a lot of people like, who we put in work. Mike Chioda. Yeah, that one's yo, the heck Mike Chioda, he should not have been gone. Come on, man. Come on, man. Mike Chioda had the longest tenure out of everybody that was released. Let's be, come on, man. You could have yeah, kept him. And he was a company dude. But yeah, like it, like it, it it came out of nowhere, and a lot of people aren't happy with it, you know. And and I heard that some, there was some NXT like uh, cuts that happened too. Yeah. Like hopefully, when all this is wrapped up, WD will you know go get some of those people back. Maybe it's just a situation. Uh, I heard that you know for the NXT guys, they're on a thirty day non complete cause, but they're getting paid for that thirty days. With the main roster, they're on their 90-day non-complete, but they're going to pay them um, for that 90 days. So that is something. And then I also heard Vince did, you know, reach out and actually call these people uh, to let them go. Originally, it was reported that they were just going to text them. but So at least they, they did a terrible thing, but they tried to do it the best way they could. Um, they did it for all the financial gain um, that they could just to keep, you know, their, their stock guys and their shareholders happy. Uh, but they didn't need to do this. Um, they're the biggest company. They have the most money, and they're the only one that release people. It's a it's a bad look. Yeah, it's a it's a real bad look. But you know, they're still having to truck through that money in the bank build, and it's coming together. We've had qualifying matches. Um, it's gonna be a pretty interesting money in the bank, from what we've heard. It's the climb the corporate ladder, money in the bank, where you're gonna start on the bottom floor. And you have to fight to the top floor where the title or where the money and big contract will be. Somebody so was watching. Somebody, somebody was watching that movie, The Raid. Like, like, because you know, <laughs> you just like I, I know they are really trying for some ideas right now, like with the current climate. But really, you know, fight your way through corporate office to get to the top. 
<laughs> but this this is my thing. I'm with it. I'm totally with it because the things that sound so crazy to me have been the things that have been working for them. To yep. be to be fair. And this just reminds me of those old Attitude Era promos with Stone Cold <laughs> or those old ESPN um, commercials when they had them saying that we were just like any other office. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing I thought of. And it gives them time when they can tape and record stuff. I think it's the Boneyard match proved and some other matches have proven on the WrestleMania card that I think they get it right. And I think Money in the Bank is the one pay-per-view. They're going to have problems as they keep moving forward. But I think this is a pay-per-view where you kind of throw things to the wall because it's not one of their major... I mean, it's a major pay-per-view. It's not SummerSlam. So I think if you're going to try out ideas, now is the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a match that fits itself for that type of stipulation, especially with the performers that are going to be in it. They could yeah. probably do some real creative stuff. One match is going to suck because not all money the bank matches are good, but I think it's go- I think it's going to be just as enjoyable as the boneyard match. Maybe not as good, but I think it has the potential to be just as quirky. So I'm with it. Somebody got to jump off the building for me. Somebody got to jump off the building for me at this point. <laughs> like, like come from the ladder off the top of the building. I, I'm good. I'm sold. I will buy into that product. <laughs> it's like, well, they did have to do something because uh, the original venue they were going to hold hold money in the bank told them that they are not going to be holding it at their in in their city. So I want to say it was Baltimore, maybe somewhere in Virginia, but they lost that. So they had to do something. Oh, we're out there in essential business now. Yep. Uh, so they can do whatever the heck they want. Yeah, so far we have uh, – it's looking like Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins are going to have a, a title match. Uh, Seth Rollins attacked Drew on Raw after he had uh, – wasn't after the match with Big Show because he had a match with Big Show at WrestleMania technically that aired Andrade. on the following Raw. Andrade. I don't even want to talk about it. Yes, he had a match with Andrade who has a new stable. Um, Angel Garza, Andrade, Selena Vega, and Austin Theory. They laid out uh, Drew, and then Seth came and gave him a curb stomp. Uh, we know Drew won't like that, and Drew is willing to give you a title shot if you hit him, as we found <laughs> with Big Show. <laughs> it's like, so that looks like a program. So uh, what we were talking about with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins earlier, Seth Rollins lost a match and is going to get a title shot. Kevin Owens won a match and hasn't even on a Raw yet since. So good dub. Good dub. <laughs> Yeah, and this is this is the thing. I think we're getting this beef too soon because um, I too. think there was uh, there was still work for Seth to do with his character because it seems like he's kind of dropped the stable. So well, well, they had they had to bring him up because of uh, some stuff with one of the guys. So yeah, like it, it. I agree. It definitely seems like too soon for him, like to be switching into something else. Yeah, and I do think when Seth inevitably worth was to challenge for this title, I feel he should have won it for the, the completion of his Messiah character. I completely agree it's too soon. Um, but I, I don't want Drew to be a transitional champion, but I really don't want Seth to lose the title match because I don't know where the Messiah goes from there. 
Like, I, I didn't want this title match. But I feel like all of our title matches were getting too soon because on SmackDown, Bray Wyatt's already poking the bear of Braun Strowman. Yeah. That's too soon. Well, well, they, don't have, well they don't have Roman right now, you know? Like, because that's who was supposed to be getting it. But considering, like, you know, what's going on, going on he, yeah, he might not be in the ring for a while. So, I mean, what else? Like, what else are they going to do? It's kind of one of those things where they've already written themselves in the corner. And, you know, they said they have the setup, but unless they're going to, you know, completely squash like a, like a freaking Braun, yeah, there's nothing they can do. For me personally, I would have loved to see an extended feud between Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn and company trying to steal the heavyweight title from Braun Strowman like they did with the Intercontinental title. That would have given him three wrestlers to work with. It would have got him through Money in the Bank at least. And maybe to, I think, I think with the right build, a Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman two in a one-on-one match could have been built pretty well. What uh, Sami Zayn has, ever since that one, that first initial time back in the day on Raw where Braun Strowman destroyed Sami Zayn, which they could have brought up again, when the, their little collective took, or the artist collective as they're called, uh, took the title from Braun, Braun was not able to touch Sami Zayn. He did not physically touch him at all. And we saw with the Daniel Bryan title defense that if you touch Sami Zayn, he gets bullied pretty easily. <laughs> well, they they had they had like uh, Nakamura come out there and like getting like go at it with Braun. So clearly, like yeah. they're, they're hinting at something. And like that's what I thought would have been a good starting point. Yeah, you, you got through Nakamura. You know, Cesaro's gonna challenge, and then you know, Sami Zayn's still talking junk, and you want to hurt Sami Zayn, but Sami Zayn's not gonna wrestle you unless you put the title on the line. You know, they get a they have a match at Money in the Bank. Braun wins by disqualification because they jump him. Braun's super angry. He wants to punish Sammy. They meet in like a cage one-on-one. He puts him over. That gets us through two months, and then you can go ahead and say Braun Strowman actually had some kind of title reign. Yeah. Because what we're going to get now is two things I'm not going to like. I'm not going to like one of them. I don't really want Braun Strowman to be a transitional champion because I think it's really short-sighted for him at this point. Uh, He needs powerful wins. Because he's going to not matter sooner than later if you don't. But here's the thing then. So this is going to be the interesting part. Because like you said, they booked themselves into a corner. Um, because the Fiend can't lose. He can't right? lose. He can't, he can't lose to Braun. And so it's almost like Braun can suffer the loss. Because we've been conditioned to see Braun as a loser. Right? So... Brian can lose this match and still come back at a later date. The Fiend is dangerously more closer to Braun, I think, to being kind of irrelevant compared to his potential. Right. Well, and I'm not a Bray Wyatt in the ring fan, but his character is so close to being another star for them. They do. Um, oh, oh, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you finish because like this is this is definitely a really good one. But but yeah, like uh, yeah, it, it the the only I, I feel like with this one they could not completely ruin it for him, considering these two have a history. 
And what what, what we just saw with like you know Cena and the team, they played up on that, play up on the history between like Strowman and like Wyatt. Boom, there you go. Yeah, but they could have did that in two months. Well, I know, I know, I know. Because realistically, Roman's not going to be back in two months. Yeah, if we think about it, Roman's probably not going to be back until next year. So we got to think about ways to. And I I completely agree with you, D. What I what I'm thinking also is maybe they don't have enough wrestlers that are willing to come in and record and work. So maybe you're just working with what you got, you know. So because I because on the raw side, I think Bobby Lashley would have been a perfect one coming off a loss that you feed through. To kind of just okay, we need something because to your point, I think when Seth finally does go for in my opinion, I, I agree with you. I think he needs to win it. Mm-hmm. If anybody's a transitional champion in that situation, I think it's probably self handing off the belt to Alistair Black. That's yeah. my scenario. Yeah. But, you know, because I don't know how you get it from Drew to Alistair, which I think is what they want to do at some point. Unless you, turn, do- unless you turn Drew Hill in some point, because to me, he's still a natural heel. But I, don't, I think he's a natural tweener. Yeah, he has a weird charisma about him. Yeah, because because Heyman like Heyman actually wants to work with him at some point, and that's who like that's who was like that's who was like all right, look, you got to put this dude over. Like he's 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 ready, so it might happen like at some point. So that's why it's going to be interesting because those yeah. two title matches, I feel like one of them is going to be a dirty finish, right? So. One of them is going to be a DQ or something like that. I don't think they they book both clean. Yeah, I think Seth gets DQ'd in the loss because then they can keep that one going. Yeah. Um, I honestly think – I think Bray wins pretty clean uh, uh, and then Strowman still doesn't go away for a little while. Yeah, he has that habit of like, uh, being um, still around after losing, though. The other interesting thing, though, about the Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt feud, uh, which is another reason I didn't want it to happen so soon, I wanted to wait for this because of the potential to change the Fiend character ever so slightly. Uh, everyone who the Fiend wrestles reverts back to something they were. Strowman has only been one other thing, which is a follower of Bray Wyatt. Uh, so you think they might they might push him as like you know falling back in line again i don't know but if they do i think it would be too soon i would i would wanted that later most of this i wouldn't want later but tj did bring up a good point maybe they just don't have the bodies but WWE would have had the bodies if they would have tried to push more than five people for the past 10 years well either way you know like when the situation we're in but i mean i'm being a little bit Hopeful, considering like some of the new talent that they kind of put, like been putting out there. Uh, I don't know if y'all like, cause I want to do something. Um, have y'all been watching some of the NXT few things here and there, like here recently? And there. Here and there. All right, I want to go ahead and do. Uh, who do you think is going to be the next up and coming, like uh, star? Like who? Who's your person, or who do you think is going to have like a decent reign right now? I think that's a whole separate podcast, though. Well, I mean, just to throw out your your wrestler of the week. 
Oh, my wrestler. I, I mean, I'm always gonna pick Bianca, um, even though she's paired with a corny tag team. But I'm going to go in another direction. I'm gonna say Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole is the can't miss prospect. That is, if they screw that up, I'm done because he's literally everything that you could want in a future wrestler. But then again, so is Dolph Ziggler. So who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. Keith uh. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I want. He just uh another bit. I'm, I like the super heavyweights. Um, with Rusev being gone, you got a void for that super heavyweight. I mean, Otis is there. But Keith Lee could do it. Oh man, like I really like Keith Lee. The fans got behind him. Even just seeing them at the Survivor Series, how they put them strong with the um, people that's wrestling now. Roman, even in the Royal Rumble when he ran into Brock, you could tell there is something there. They need to get on that before time is before time run out. Yeah. Yeah, y'all know how I feel about the Velveteen Dream. Man, Dream is hot right now. Dream is still hot. I will say it is something that WWE could mess up at a drop of the hat on the main roster. Uh, They could accidentally ruin the Velveteen Dream in a moment. But if they don't, they have character gold for a long, long time. He's only like 23 now. And and dude eats, sleeps, and just straight up lives the business. I'm a for mine. I I was originally gonna go with you know my boy Killer Cross. They rebranded them now, but I'm gonna go with somebody that I've been keeping eyes on for a while now since uh, Evolve. Uh, he was also in T, uh, TNA uh, as a uh, uh, Samuel Shaw, uh, Dexter Loomis. Like I feel like that cat right there as a character, he can definitely do something. Yeah, I love his look. Yeah, and then dude, dude legit put it, and he put some work for these characters because look up his stuff for TNA, and I will say it was it was weird, but he worked it, and now like you know he's got a spot with them. They brought him up like NXT, and I see him like you know pairing up with somebody decent and probably going for a little while. But here's the thing, like let's just be real for for one second. We say all this, but we know what the most likely outcome is. They're going to go to the main yeah. roster, especially now that Triple H's title has changed. They're going to go to the main roster, and most of them are going to suck. Not yep. because they're not good. It's because WWE does not know how to make a new star. True. Nope. So. Mm-hmm. Either way, we can dream, and I saw that's what we're doing right now. But yeah, no. WWE crushes dreams. WWE crushes dreams. <laughs> dreams are for suckers. <laughs> but yeah, so okay. So everybody, I think that's a wrap, man. I think we don't got nothing else to really talk about. We could go into the AEW stuff. I feel like that's another podcast. Yeah. So, man, this was good. Chop it up with y'all. Let us yeah, know it's been good, doing. guys. Let's yeah, do it again. Just, yeah, no, I feel good being in my bathrobe, but I missed actually being able to record with y'all, like, you know, in person. So, but we're going to get back there. Yeah, but until then, we're going to keep giving them what they want, which is just content. So, if you're on Spotify, iTunes, like us, hit us up on Instagram at Villains and Vinyl. 
Hit us up on Facebook at Lilman's and Vinyl. Hit us up separately if you decide to. Um, I'm CJ Doppelganger. I'm, that's my name. You can tell y'all government if you want to, since that's what y'all use. <laughs> but, oh, no, I'm just I'm just Quinn Melvin on like on Facebook and on like uh, Instagram. So expect memes, a little bit of slice of life for me. But other than that, I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna be me. <laughs> Yeah, the government got us anyway. I know they know everything. Government know everything, y'all. So, all right, people like that. We're going to close it out. We'll be back next week with some more stuff. And thanks for listening to us, man. Stay beautiful. Stay blessed out there, y'all. Hey, stay balanced. Peace. The only y'all was garbage, though. Real talk. Bye.